Hello and welcome to the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, a show for creatives who are marketing their work online. I'm Helen Perry and I'm one of those people. I teach marketing and you'll find me often here or on emails or Instagram. My guests tell us what they've learned about themselves by becoming visible and running businesses. And this is a summer special bite-sized episode that revisits a brilliant conversation from one of the past six seasons of the show. This time, the word of the week is understanding and the woman of the week is Martha Barnard Ray. Martha's a copywriter who was diagnosed with ADHD aged 39. Her TED talk on ADHD in women and girls has had millions of views online. Search it up and I'll link to it in the show notes. It is great if you want to understand ADHD and what it feels like. This is a chat from series five of Just Bloody Post It and it sparked the most personal messages I've received from listeners following an episode. It's also one of the conversations I refer back to most often in my head when I'm trying to understand how other people work or my experience their day to day. I began by asking Martha to explain in her words what ADHD is. The example that I kind of say is ADHD is like death by a thousand cuts, right? So it's like these little failures over the course of the day. So if I was, and I don't feel so much like this anymore about it because I have strategies, but before I would go, okay, I'm going to be productive. I'm going to write down the three things that are most important for me to get finished today. And I'm going to get those things finished And then I wouldn't do those things, but I would do 17 other things, but it would still feel like a failure because I didn't do those three things. And then because you feel like, you know, you're used to this low level feeling of like, oh, I I couldn't do it or I messed that up or I mixed up the time or whatever it is. Um, And then kind of the end of the day comes and the kids come home from school and you have like less resilience in your little like bowl of resilience to deal with whatever your kids throw at you. And then maybe you react in a way that you don't really want to be reacting to your kids and then you feel worse. And so it's just this kind of like these little and I use the failures with like air quotes, like quote unquote failures over the course of the day that you're just like, oh, my God, like and, and it's, you know, I am not a failure, but I have felt that feeling of like, why can I not do this? And it's so frustrating. So I I don't know if that is, is that a helpful explanation about what ADHD is? (laughs) Yeah, I think that there's going to be people sitting, listening to this conversation and perhaps having a light switched on. As you've spoken about ADHD more and more, I mean, you must hear back from people who go, Martha, this is what I, this Mm. is me too. The number of emails I've gotten after having done that TED talk. um, Yeah. And I mean, there are a lot of um, ADHD traits, like, you know, we're prone to overshare. And so like, when I get these emails from people, it's like these blocks of text. (laughs) And they're like, I'm going to tell you my entire life story. And I'm like, yeah, of course you are. (laughs) Um, But people do tend to kind of get in touch. But a lot of people are like, what do I do? How do I go about getting a diagnosis? And I mean, I can only speak for, you know, where I live. And it's like, go to your GP and and, um, 
get referred to a psychiatrist. But I mean, the difficulty here, and I'm sure it's the same with the NHS, is the wait times for psychiatrists and pediatricians and psychologists and everything are so, so long. But I, I just think, you know, the, the minute you realize that you might have ADHD, in my case anyway, I felt more compassionate to myself already. But then, you know, getting the diagnosis and starting medication is is a big thing. But like, I didn't actually realize that medication doesn't help with executive function. It only helps with focus. And then because you're a because I'm able to achieve the things I want to achieve because I can focus on them, my ability to executive function in other ways, it feels better because I don't feel like so drained of that resilience by the end of the day. But like I still do like therapy to kind of um, deal with the executive function stuff because like having lived with undiagnosed ADHD for 39 years is traumatic. And, and so I'm like working through that and, and, you know, I've read some of the comments on my Ted talk and it really makes my heart bleed because there are a lot of people that comment like, you know, this, you know, this woman has kids and she's got her own business and she has a career. Like I can't even shower. Right. And, and so I feel really lucky that I, um, have had the experience that I've had. Um, you know, I lived in a, in a childhood home that was safe and we had enough food and my parents were educated and could support me in school. And, you know, all of these things, your childhood experience either exacerbates or, you know, assists your dealing with ADHD. So there's like, there are just, there are people who are just frozen with it. I'm interested how people with ADHD interact with social media because you've mentioned it being a really useful tool in terms of talking about things that other people have not been talking about by people who you have not typically expected to be experiencing these things. But we all know about the downsides of of, um, using social media. Um, How does that work for somebody who has ADHD? What's your relationship with it? Um, I love social media, but I think, look, I'm a grown up. And so I can, when I see things that make me feel bad on social media, I can just block that thing. But if I had been a teenager when I started using social media, I think it would have been a very different story. I have a feed that shows me all the things that I like to see. If I see something in my feed that I don't like, it's like diet culture or, you know, anything, I just block that thing and, and, you know, say, I don't want to see this. So it's, I mean, I think that in order to have like a positive relationship with social media, you do have to be a little bit older, maybe, and a little bit kind of, you know, understanding of the fact that like, you are in charge of this algorithm. And that's a lot of... Uh, responsibility for a teenager to have. So it's, yeah, I I think that social media for me, I wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for social media. And I'm sure it's similar stuff for you. Like, I was just like a teacher. And I was like, I got to get out of here. And (laughs) I learned how to be a copywriter and and got on social media. And here we are. So I, I, I love it. Um, I also, you know, do waste quite a little bit of time on it. But then I kind of think, well, 
you know, is it a waste? Is it all a waste? Probably not. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. Um, I found you through social media, through a, a website, through, you know, like it, like it is unbelievable that I can talk to you, discover you in a tiny town somewhere near Perth in Australia. Um, you know, we connect up with people that we have stuff in common with. Um, TED Talks. How did you get to do a TED Talk? So um, if you want to do a TED Talk, uh, so like in my area, nobody held a license to do to hold TED events. So my friend Kristen applied for the license to run TEDx Kinjarling. And I applied, I think I had to fill in a form and kind of, yeah, talk about why is this an idea worth spreading. I did that and I got accepted. And so, you know, you can't sort of talk about anything commercial in a TEDx talk. Um, you can't be like selling something. If you have like harebrained ideas about like, you know, vaccines or something, they're, they're not interested in that sort of stuff, but they're interested in ideas that are um, either sort of culturally um, significant or significant to this time or, you know, something that someone hasn't thought of before. So, so yeah, I did mine in January of this year. Um, and then they, you know, they get produced and sent off to New York and then they get approved and stuck up on YouTube and on the TED page. And it's, it's, yeah, it was a really huge experience actually um, doing that. And it's led to lots and lots of different opportunities for me. Now there's food for thought. Do you have a TED talk in you? All of Martha's socials and a link to her TED and the longer version of this conversation are in the show notes. Now go and check them out. A quick side note before I go, in praise of doing this thing of going back and taking another look at what you've already done, what content you've already created, it's really wonderful to give these conversations another rollout because, you know, they get a great week after they launch and then kind of nothing a few people listen but there's so much value in each one and it feels wonderful to be able to promote them again and hope they can be heard by and inspire more people what have you got that's already in the bag right if you've enjoyed this show and think others would too share it with your friends on instagram in your email on whatsapp wherever it's great to spread the word and so appreciated thank you always for listening we're back next week bye